Well, good morning. If you don't know who I am, my name is Jeff, and I'm one of the pastors here on staff. Um, and we're glad you guys are here with us. Like I said, it's the first day of the Advent seating season, and we're starting off a new sermon series called The Weary World Rejoices. And it's my privilege to be kicking it off this morning and to share God's word with you. Will you guys join me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for being a good and gracious God and a God that is the giver of all good gifts. God, please open up our hearts and minds to your truth and wisdom this morning. Help it take root in our lives, and may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Now that Thanksgiving is done, uh, Christmas is finally upon us. I don't know about you guys, but uh, we, we decorated this weekend. Anybody else decorate this weekend? Yeah, it's okay. Um, some people are, you know, first time, you know, right in November, they, they want overachievers. Okay, yeah. <laughs> who do it in November. I like to wait until Thanksgiving weekend. So, but for many of us, as we step into the Christmas season, it may seem like we enter into a chaos carnival that leaves us weary and stressed. We tend to overshop, overspend, overplan, overeat, overdecorate, overschedule, and overworry, and otherwise emotionally just implode. This time of year can be hard for a lot of us. For some of us, it's a really lonely time of year. And for some of us, it brings up painful memories. A time meant for rejoicing and celebration can easily make us weary. One of the definitions of weary is a reluctant to see or experience any more of. I know most of us here don't want to end up experience Christmas season that way. We don't want to end up that way at the end of our Christmas time. So how can we, in our weariness, rejoice? I hope to shed some light on that this morning for you. For this series, we're going to be spending our time in the Gospel of John, specifically the first 18 verses in, the chapter, in chapter 1. This section is known as the prologue, um, and it's more than just an introductory. It is uh, introduction to the gospel. It is a dramatic summary of the revelation of all that will take place throughout the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. It emphasizes John's purpose in writing his gospel, that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. God, John's gospel is also unique, unlike the other ones. Matthew and Mark start out with the birth stories of Jesus, Mark with the gospel message, but John takes us back before creation to show us the preeminence of the word existing before all of creation of the world to show, that God, to show God's constant pursuit of us since the beginning. So this leads us into our text for today, which comes from John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. The word was with God. The word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through, all, through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I want to break this section of scripture into three pieces, uh, just to kind of help show the significance and then we'll get on to like the application a little later. John, uh, so the beginning is uh, one through two, where it says, "In the beginning, the word was. In the beginning, the word. 
<laughs> There's a lot of words. All right. <laughs> In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. John was affirming the eternal existence of the word. It did not come into beginning, nor was it ever a time where the word was not. John was affirming that the word, which is Jesus, is God. Not only did the word exist in the beginning, but it existed in the closest possible connection with the Father. John's expression was, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. This points us to the perfect unity in which they're joined. Because of the relationship of the word to God, the deeds and words of Jesus are the deeds and words of God. When he speaks, or when he heals, or when he gives eternal life, it is God at work. Just as God worked the foundations of the world at creation. John intends that the whole entirety of his gospel be understood um, of this idea. And then John 1, 3 through 4 says, Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life it was the light of all mankind. John was saying these verses, in these verses, that everything owes its existence to the word. It is only because there is life in Jesus that there is life at, at our, on earth at all. Life itself does not exist in its own right, though. Life is not even spoken about, about being made or through the word, but existing in him, in Christ Jesus. Jesus is the source of all life. Everything has been made by and for him, and in him is life. Nothing has life except through him. What we, what we see around us did not come into existence apart from the word any more than what happened during creation. That's why he takes us back there, to help us understand that God was at work and now Christ is at work now. This includes you and I. We owe our existence to Christ. We have life because of Christ. But John just wasn't talking about physical existence. Life is one of John's main themes in his gospel He used the word over 30 times. And when John speaks of life in his gospel, it has to do with more than just our physical existence. (laughs) It has to do with our eternal life and living uh, life to the fullest, which we read in John 10.10. I have come that they may have life and life to the full. Life, according to the gospel of John, is about physical existence, about new birth in Christ, and about our eternal life with Christ. John 1.5 says this, And the light shines the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Here we have the hope of our gospel, the good news. Jesus is the life and light in the dark in our weary world that we live in. Jesus is victorious. This is our time of celebration. This is the hope. This is what we are excited about. This is why we got decorations on our house. This is why we throw all those parties It's this, that Jesus, the light of the world, is shining in the dark right now. Not just then when this is written, but right now. And that light is in you and is in me. We shine, too, because of his life in us. That is the hope of the gospel. That is the good news. The importance of this text is 
Jesus' significance is not merely in his ability to be a powerful a worker of mighty deeds, nor is it in his wisdom as a great teacher. Rather, it's Jesus is God become flesh. His being, his essence, his very nature is one with God. And he's stepped into humanity. Jesus is stepping into the context of humanity to pursue his beloved, us, to give us life, to meet us in our weariness, to set us free from sin, to heal us from our brokenness, to redeem us. Redemption is God himself at work in the world, achieving his own goals for um, repairing the consequences of sin and bringing back humanity back into relationship with himself. God is pursuing us like a father who loves his children because we are his children. I never knew the depth of love that God has for us until my daughter was born. That day will, like many of you who are parents, will remain etched in my mind. I distinctly remember being in the hospital for 36 hours. Yes, my wife had a long delivery. (laughs) And seeing my daughter for the first time after the doctors had held her, and being able to hold my daughter, this little itty-bitty tiny human, (laughs) right on my chest. She was lovely, and I was in utter awe of her. I was like, what just happened? (laughs) We now have this little daughter. I was scared out of my mind. (laughs) I thought I was going to be a good dad, but in that moment, I was like, I don't think I knew what I got myself into. (laughs) (sighs) But I knew instantly, as I held this tiny little human, Annika, I knew more than anything. I knew that I loved her more than anything on this planet. Besides her mother, of course. <laughs> I was willing to sacrifice whatever I needed to, to help her thrive, to care for her. Even if that meant sleep, and I love sleep. <laughs> I spent many nights in a recliner holding, holding her and rocking her while she sleeps. And I rock and rock and rock. <laughs> I do everything in my power to take care of Annika, and I want what's best for her. I love my daughter to the depths of my being but not as much as God God loves her. Not as much as God loves us, loves me. See, God loves us so much that even when we pull back from him, he continues to pursue us. He draws closer. He knows why we draw back, yet he pursues pursues us because his love for us He looks upon us with compassion. Whether that be our sin, or maybe we're just in a place of weariness and depression, and it's hard to talk to God. But God still pursues us. He is there present with us, waiting for us to acknowledge that he is there with us. And God loves the world so much that even though it's opposed to him, God still entered the world and entered in order to save it. That's how much he loves us. That's how much he loves the world. The whole entire world is basically turning its back on God. But God's like, I don't care. You are my children and I love you. And so we read out of John 3, 16 through 7. For God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son in the world to condemn it, but to save the world through him. That's how much he loves us. So as we enter Advent this season, let us keep this 
the forefront of our thoughts and out of our actions. Advent is a time of expectant waiting and preparation, both in the celebration of Jesus coming at Christmas, but also for Jesus' second coming. It's a time of hope. It's a time of celebration. It's a time of turning our hearts towards God. So how do we do this when we are weary? When we're struggling with the chaos of our life and we're distracted by all the consumerism and everything else that has taken claim of Christmas? How do we do this? I think the first thing we do is we remember that God, we remember that our God is a God who meets us where we're at. He meets us in our weariness. He doesn't pull away. He doesn't expect us out of our to come out of our weariness in order to be with him. See, often my weariness is a sign that I need to sit at the feet of Jesus. I need to sit and receive. I remember these words from Matthew chapter 11, verses 20 through 30, 28 through 30. It says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God is saying, sit down, rest here, feast with me, be with me, enjoy my presence and let me serve you first. I don't need you to serve me. I don't need anything from you. I made you because I love you and, I re- and all I really want is to be with you. My deepest desire is not that you go off and try to serve me, but that you would let me love you. That's God's heart for us during the season. So make some time to be still this season. As Kurt says, travel light. (laughs) Say no to some of the things that are going on this holiday so you can be still in front of the Lord. Be still and hear that small voice that God is speaking to you during the season. Listen. For the gentle whisper of the Lord, listen with your soul. Let it go. Let go of the hype and the chaos of the season and embrace the holiness of it. Practice being present with God and others this season. Knowing that he will meet you where you're at, giving you the rest and the joy and the strength you need in your weariness. Well, I want to do something we don't normally do at church, all right? It's not even in my script. <laughs> and I want to practice this right now because we get so busy sometimes that we hear about this on a Sunday morning and we go, yep, cool. Good, good job, Pastor Jeff. I'm going to go out <laughs> and I got to go do some Christmas shopping right now, you know? Last minute Black Friday weekend deals, right? And we never get to what I'm talking about. And so this is going to be awkward for some of you, so I'm just saying it so we can claim it and name it. But I want you right now to relax. I want you to relax in your seat. I want you to close your eyes and just let your body kind of (laughs) noodle. And as you do that, I just want you guys to take a deep breath in and let it out slowly. Take another. Let it out slowly. Let the peace of Christ be upon your hearts this season right now. Continue to just take deep breaths in 
and breathe out slowly and rest in the presence of God. Listen for his still small voice for you right now. And I want to read Matthew 11 for you one more time. Keep your eyes closed and just take this in as Jesus is speaking this to you personally. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Practice being still before the Lord this season. Even if it's a couple minutes like that. Hopefully that helps, right? (laughs) I think I know I need this. My sister, who I'm really close with, and we love to keep each other, encourage each other in our relationship with the Lord, loves to spur me on in spending time with Jesus because she knows me because we've grown up together, right? So she knows when my weariness and when I'm troubled, she's like, have you just sat at the feet of Jesus? (laughs) And I'm like, nope, I haven't right now. I've been too busy doing. She's like, I think you need to sit at the feet of Jesus. So take some time. Say no to things, even if it's for five minutes, so you can just sit in the presence of the Lord. For he is the reason why we're celebrating. For he is the reason that we have this season. And it's for him that we live our life. And once we do that, then we go. (laughs) Then we participate in being the light of the world by pursuing others. Jesus came into the wor- this world to do the work of the Lord and redeem us, and we also participate in that holy work of the Lord. Jesus called us to be the light. You are the light of the world. So go, be the lovers and the givers of the world. Be the advocates, be the servers, be the foot washers, be the social justice warriors, be the peacemakers. I don't know about you, but I found oftentimes, even after I've sat at the feet of Jesus, sometimes my spirit isn't filled until I've served others. It's like nothing else. It pulls me out of my weariness, and God has used me when God has used me to bring life into somebody else's life. I recently got the privilege of doing this a few weeks ago. I, when I moved here, I knew I had, one high, I had one friend here in the state of Washington, and it was an old high school buddy I ran cross country with, and he actually was living in Renton. And so I was excited because my buddy uh, and I, he was a part of my wedding, we're close, and... Uh, we hung out one night, and he's like, hey, what are you doing? And I forget the date. It was some Saturday in November. And he's like, want to help us move? <laughs> and I was like, I just got here. Where were you when I was moving in? <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Uh, but, <laughs> but I was like, uh, sure, yeah, sure. And he's like, all right. I was like, sweet. And I was like, so my next question was, how many people you got coming, you know, because I'm not in shape, <laughs> and, and it gets uh, a little tough after a while. So, and he's like, you're my only person. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, sweet. So all day Saturday, right? <laughs> he's like, yep. Uh, and so I walked into that time, giving up my day off, 
normally relaxing, hanging out with my daughter, watching some football, um, hanging out with my wife, and that's usually what fills me. But I got done with that day of heavy lifting, <laughs> moving an entire house from Renton to Shoreline, um, a couple of trips in the U-Haul through Seattle traffic, which is my first time. That's atrocious. It's <laughs> like, I like that I live down here and don't have to go up there very often. <laughs> so, but after all that, I think I would be worrisome and tired and stressed, but I was so filled with the presence of the Lord because I saw how much it meant for me to help my friend Paul move. How much of a blessing it was to him and his wife who just threw out her back a couple days before they were supposed to move. He needed help. And I was, God was, allowed me to do that. It was a huge blessing. It fills our soul. Being the light of the world can fill our soul. It doesn't have to be a wearisome task. And I think it's when we first step in to that being still and being in the presence of the Lord and allowing him to feed us and, and uh, give us the things that we need to give us the joy and the strength and the energy and sitting in his presence first and then stepping out and being the light of the world. Then we're able to do it not in our own power, but through Christ who is in us, which is the reason why we're the light of the world. So God has a crazy way of blessing us. And we're trying to be a blessing to others. So my charge to you today is go, go be the light. But first, sit in the presence of God this season. And as we continue to participate with Christ, we'll continue to do the work in the anticipation of his culminatory work when he comes back a second time to do everything he asked us. You guys join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a good and gracious God. We thank you that you love us, that you meet us where we're at. You meet us in our weariness. You don't ask us to step out of our our troubled times. And so God, I, I just want to pray over the people this morning who are in that space right now. God, I pray that your healing hands would be upon their hearts, upon their souls, and that they would feel uplifted through your Holy Spirit's power this morning, Jesus. That they would feel encouraged by your presence in their lives. God, be with them. And for us who are feeling rejuvenated and are ready to go, God, help us be the light in the world. Help us seek those who are weary. Help us be a blessing to others as you have been a blessing to us. We thank you for this season. We thank you for the anticipation of waiting to be with you again. Ask this in Jesus' name.